Hey, yo, we are already in the knockout stages of the 2023 African Cup of Nations. Uh, we were starting the round of 16 today. So this podcast, uh, which was recorded the night before, um, is going to be previewing the two matches that are going to take place today. We have Nigeria and Cameroon, and we have Angola versus Namibia. As a reminder, before we start, this podcast is brought to you by www.africasacountry.com. There's a fantastic article up right now on the website about how and why Ghana failed. Um, it was commissioned to Fifi Anaman, one of the most fantastic, one of the most brilliant and knowledgeable Ghanaian sports journalists uh, who really knows the culture of the Black Stars and the history of the Black Stars. So I highly recommend you guys go check that out. I'm going to put a, a link in the description below. So I'm going to talk about the two matches today and how I think they're going to they're going to unfold. Um, and I'm going to start with the second match, Nigeria versus Cameroon, because with all due respect to Angola and Namibia, this is the game that people are going to be waiting for. This is the game that people are going to be watching. Um, it's also the game in which I was able to attend the pre-match press conference as Nagola, Angola and Namibia are not going to be playing in Abidjan where I am, whereas Nigeria and Cameroon are. So just uh, some quick notes about team news, and the to summarize it, it's that everybody's back. So for Cameroon, Vincent Abubakar is back. That's big, 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 big news. Vincent Abubakar was uh, Cameroon's best performer at the World Cup. He was by far Cameroon's best performer at the 2021 African Cup of Nations uh, when he scored eight goals for the Indomitable Lions. And even, I think... Sometimes I talk to Cameroonian supporters or journalists and I say, go on, who's the top three strikers in Cameroonian history? And they'll say Samuel Etofis or they'll say Roger Mila. That's one A and one B. And then they'll throw Patrick Mboma in there. Again, I know statistics are not everything, but go take a look at Vincent Abubakar's statistics and compare them to Patrick Mboma. I know Mboma scored some important goals, but so did Vincent Abubakar. He scored in the 2017 final. We won them in AFCON. Uh, the eight goals at, at the 2021 AFCON, uh, they, where they won third place. Um, the goals in the World Cup against Brazil. He's come up clutch for Cameroon time and time again. And, okay, maybe he's not one of those top three. I think there's an argument to be made. But let's say even if he isn't, I don't think he's always recognized as number four. People tend to forget about him, you know. Maybe it's going to take a little time. Maybe it's going to be until he retires. But I think he's somebody that's underappreciated even his, in, in his own country at the moment. Besides Vincent Abubakar being uh, back, Clinton Njie is also back. He scored against uh, Nigeria the last time these two sides played in AFCON in 2019, uh, also in the round of 16. However, both of those players probably won't start. Um, they're both coming back from injury. And I saw, for example, Ferris Mumbagna. He was uh, the Cameroonian player at the press conference. And usually, usually, when they bring a player to the press conference, that player usually starts the match. And Ferris is a, a good striker at Marseille. I'm expecting him to start the match now. Nigeria also get uh, a player back, Kalechi Iannaccio. Um Today, the coach was asked about why he hasn't been playing too much. And he basically just said he's been injured. Um, and he's, he said, I have nothing against Kalechi. You know, if I didn't like him, I wouldn't have brought him. But um, he's back now. He's training. Al Hassan Youssef also back in training. Even Trust Ekong, I think, was picking up a knock, the central defender. Um, but he's also going to be uh, fighting fit for this match. So that's the team news. Uh, at the press conference, I spoke to one Nigerian journalist, Fiseo, Fiseo Dairo, and I spoke to one Cameroonian journalist who was 
uh, with me when we recorded the Cameroon uh, preview uh, prior to the Cup of Nations. His name is Bambe Wane Giovanni. And uh, I asked them both, why are their sides going to win this match? And how confident are they? Take a listen to what they said. Because uh, the mentality of Cameroonians is quite different. You know, we may not have, we may not have the best team. Nigeria has a better team than us. They have the uh, player of the year, cup player of the year, uh, in Victor Simen. But we have the character, we have the heart, we have what it takes to grind our results, and we have the spirit of champions. You know, uh, in the recent past, most recent past, we've won competitions without having possibly the best teams. 2017. We had uh, probably everybody was ranking us to, to leave at the group stages, but we went ahead to win the, the, our fifth star in that competition. So, you know, we, we Cameroon never can tell, even when we don't have the players, we have the character, we have the mentality, we have the heart to win games. And uh, out of 10, what is your confidence level going into tomorrow? Out of 10, my confidence level is 7. It's 7 because uh, it's Nigeria. Well, if it would have been any other team, maybe my confidence level would have been 9 or 10. Why do you think Nigeria can win the match tomorrow? I think because comparing the two squads, Nigeria have the better experience. You know, in this squad we have 11 players that were in that 2019 team, while Cameroon had left just four. You know, aside that, players experience in Europe, they played at this stage, at this level. So I think that's enough of the confidence. Yes, the rivalry thing throws form and experience out of the window, but you need players that can undo such a level and I think that's what Nigeria have in abundance. So definitely, I think it, it, will, it will give Nigeria the edge on Saturday. Out of 10, what is your confidence level that you can win this match? I think 7, yeah. So as you can see, I think there's a similar amount of confidence from both sides in this match, uh, Nigerians and Cameroonians. I think both have mutual respect for one another. Uh, between them, these two sides have eight AFCON titles, which is very, very respectable. Um, Cameroon, I believe, have won less matches than Nigeria in the head-to-head. -head. However, I believe in the five matches that Cameroon have won in over 20 that they've played, three of them have been in AFCON finals, 1984, 1988, and 2000. And, 2000. and the 1984 final was in Felicia, Stad Felix Ufwit Bunny here in Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire, where they're going to play the match tomorrow. So a lot of the press conference was also about, you know, do you believe in the weight of history influencing this match? Um, which I think is funny sometimes because I think a lot of, you know, um, I'm not going to say non-African journalists, but yeah, a lot of non-African journalists, I think, scoff at those questions. But um, I don't know. I feel like when we play in African football, history does play supernatural metaphysical factors to play a role. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being silly. Um I'm interested to see if Cameroon go back to that 3-4-3 that they played against the Gambia. Um, they left a little bit of space between their center halves and their fullback, their wide fullbacks um, exposed. And I thought that was exploited well by Gambian players like Abli Jalo and Musa Baro and Yankuba Minte. Um, and Nigeria also have the players to exploit those spaces. You know, Osimhen can make those diagonal runs. Moses Simon, who was at the Nigerian presser, so I'm expecting him to start. He can also make those runs as well. So... That kind of speed is dangerous to play against a 3-4-3. But again, I think Cameroon can put their best players out when they play this 3-4-3 formation. We're also expecting Andre Nana to be on the bench again, according to what Rigo Bersong said in the press conference. Um, Nigeria are going to play, I think, uh, they were playing a 4-4-2 a lot prior to the tournament, but I think they're going to stick to a 4-3-3, which seems to have uh, worked for them. 
Um, let's talk about the styles of play and how those are going to clash. Cameroon, and I've, I've harped on this time and time again, you know, I've, I've criticized uh, their midfield fairly or, un, or unfairly. I think their midfield lacks a lot of imagination. I think some of you have posted in the comments. Yeah, we know their midfield lacks imagination, but their midfield wasn't much different in 2017 and they still won the tournament. And my counter argument is always going to be, yeah, but their front line was much more talented back then than it is now. Uh, Carl Tokoekambi, Vincent Abubakar, uh, Benjamin Mukanjo, Christian Basogog, the player of the tournament. This tournament, Ekambi was played out of position. Uh, Nkudu had a good turn, has had a good tournament so far. Franck Magri has been also played out of position in one match. And so I don't think they got their front line right. But with Abubakar back, with Ekambi fit, with Nkudu playing the way he is, maybe Cameroon can hit a third or a fourth gear here. Could be possible. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but Cameroon, as, as we've mentioned time and time again, yes, they have an unimaginative midfield, but what they do a good job of, when they get the ball in the wide areas, especially to George Kevin and Kudu, they do a great job of crossing the ball and scoring from crosses or set pieces. They are the side that crossed the ball the most in this tournament, and every single goal that they scored in this tournament has come from a cross or a set piece. I asked that question to um, Jose Pissero. I said, I'm, I'm sure you know this, and he said, yeah, I do know uh, that. Cameroon have scored every single one of their goals via crosses or set pieces. I said, how are you going to counter that? And his answer was basically that he knows that that's the case and they're just done a lot of film study. They've told the players what needs to be done and they're basically going to be preparing for that. So that's one thing. But what about Nigeria? I think Nigeria, I've watched back a lot of their, their chances that they've created and a lot of it is just... I mean, not all of it, but 30 to 40% is the athleticism of Victor Osimhen and his hunger and his appetite and his scrappiness, sometimes creating chances out of thin air like he did against Equatorial Guinea a few times. The problem with Victor Osimhen in this tournament is that he's missed a lot of chances. He's actually statistical, he's the, the statistical leader uh, for the most amount of chances missed, big chances missed as well. Um, so we're used to seeing him more clinical with Napoli. I do think that he can get his shooting boots on and, and knock in a few. Um, but they're not they're not not creating chances. Nigeria are creating chances, but they've only been scoring one goal, you know, uh, I believe in each of their matches. Um, one time off of a penalty. So uh, Jose Pacero had a funny response to a Nigerian journalist, or maybe it was a Cameroonian journalist that said, you know, you guys are not scoring a lot of goals. And he said, <laughs> he said, we're creating chances. And he uses a ketchup metaphor, which I thought was brilliant. He says, you know, sometimes you squeeze the ketchup and a little bit comes out. And sometimes you squeeze the ketchup bottle and too much comes out. And basically he's saying the process is right. We're squeezing the ketchup bottle. We just don't know if, you know, the goals are going to come or not. And so I think a lot of that is going to depend on the sharpness and the uh, efficacy of that front line, especially players like Victor Osimhen. So yeah. Let's think about their strengths again. Cameroon are going to cross. Nigeria are going to focus probably on transitions, verticality, creating chances in open space behind the back line. When I, when I think about those being the strengths of these two sides, I think both sides are going to sit back. I don't think this is going to be a very entertaining match. I think this is going to be more of a chess piece match um, where both sides are going to sit back. They're going to be scared to give up, um, you know, easy opportunities. They know each other's strengths, and they're going to be looking to nullify that. 
Um, and it's really about who's going to be able to handle the opposing side's strengths better, in my opinion. Um, Cameroon will have to deal with Nigeria's transition game and verticality. And Nigeria will have to deal with Cameroon's crossing. So, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it there. Um, it's going to be, you know, a classic. Anytime you have those neighbors playing against one another, it's going to be a classic. And, and I hope it's going to be a memorable match that we all enjoy. Um, let's move on to the second match, Angola versus Namibia, um, which is going to take place earlier than Nigeria versus Cameroon. Um, Angola versus Namibia, I think this is an exciting match for both sides. You know, they haven't, Namibia have never made it to the knockout stages. Angola haven't made it to the knockout stages in over a decade. So they both find themselves in a new position uh, or a relatively new position. And it's, it's, it's exciting. You know, Colin Benjamin, the Namibia coach, spoke in a press conference that I didn't attend. But he was saying, you know, about how exciting it is to be amongst the last 16 on the African continent and how Namibia are going to be underdogs, but they're always underdogs anyways. He said, I don't remember the last time we played a match and we were favorites in that match. Um, Namibia, Namibia have only scored one goal in this tournament against Tunisia, a match that they won. <coughs> However... I think they have the potential to score more. And Namibia, if you look at their tendencies, they'd like to play a lot of long balls. And they have a lot of nifty and clever forward players, players like Dion Hoto and, of course, Peter Shalulile. Shalulile, I'm expecting a little bit more of, you know, because of his instincts and because of uh, his goal-scoring abilities. You would expect him to, you know, at least pounce on one or two half chances and at least nick a goal by now. So... I think we're all expecting him to, to do a little better, but it could be coming. You know, maybe they're squeezing the ketchup bottle and uh, too much is finally going to come out. Um, Petrus Chetimbe, I think, has been a little bit of a disappointment. He's been benched for uh, a younger player. Um, but yeah, Namibia, I think, are going to be very, very, very conservative. I think here, uh, whereas I thought both sides were going to be conservative and sit back in Nigeria versus Cameroon here, I think Namibia are the ones that are going to be sitting back when they get the ball they're going to be playing those long balls as they're used to doing they're going to rely on set pieces of Dion Hoto and they're going to rely on Peter Shalila's goal scoring instincts Angola however who I think are going to be the favorites their attacking lineup is in form Jelson Dalla is was named in my team of the of the round uh, for the group stages he, I think he was also named in CAF's team of the round for the group stages uh, with two goals Mabululu also has two goals the striker playing in Egypt uh, Gilberto, I thought, has done a great job coming into this tournament, you know, uh, in the last two matches, creating so many great chances with his dribbling. Even a player like Zini, uh, who I believe is just 21 years old, um, kind of plays like as a left forward or as a striker, sometimes more as a left forward, I believe. Um, he's been very, very good at, you know, getting shots on target, um, creating opportunities. And I think him... Uh, and then you even have options on the bench, like like Azito Lavumbo. So they're not really missing, um, you know, uh, a lot of uh, Mbala and Zola, for example, um, who obviously pulled out of the tournament, you know, uh, prior to the um, prior to it kicking off. Excuse my, I'm I'm thinking as I'm as I'm typing. That's why I'm kind of uh, taking forever to talk here, but. Uh, there has been trouble in camp for Angola. That's one thing that worries me. Uh, Lloyd Augusto and Benny both went home, one for indiscipline. So he must have got into it with the staff. And the other one because he was dissatisfied with the amount of playing time that he's been receiving. 
so that's not good. They've also had a player go home due to injury, um, kind of like Mo Salah. And if he recovers, if Angola makes it to the final, I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's, that would be very, very unexpected, then he could come back too. So, again, this is a match I think Angola is going to have more possession of the ball. Uh, they're going to rely on Justin Dalek to create the way he carries the ball, his set pieces. Mabalulu is going to have to be a wrecking ball like he is in the opposing box. Uh, we're going to see what we can get from Zini, Gilberto, Zito Lovumbu. Uh, all of those players are capable of creating a lot of trouble. And, and even Angola's defenders have been, I think, good player like uh, uh, Kiolonda Gaspar. Uh, many people had him in their team uh, of the round for the group stages as well. So, um, yeah, Angola seemed like the all-around better side. They're the side with more experience. Um, Namibia, I don't want to say they're almost happy to be there, but... I do think that experience and the overall quality is going to make a difference. Uh, if the first match, I think, could very easily go into extra time, and then I'm probably, probably going to pick Nigeria over Cameroon, but I wouldn't be surprised if either of those sides win. I think the second match, my prediction would be that Angola goes through. I'm going to say almost comfortably. I think this is going to be a 2-0 or a 2-1 scoreline for the, the Black Sable Antelopes. So that's it. Uh, I'm going to try to... Uh, move to two podcasts per day. I don't know what you guys think of that, but I'm thinking of doing a, a preview released in the morning and then immediately after the matches, a roundup as we were doing during the group stages. So maybe we can get um, two previews per day going and I think that could uh, get you all in the mood and whet your appetite for these matches uh, in the round of 16. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you like what you have heard, please subscribe. If Whether you're listening on YouTube or if you're listening on you know, some of the audio streaming platforms, do leave you know a five-star rating. That does help. I've um, been very, very pleased with how this channel has grown and how this podcast has grown uh, throughout the African Cup of Nations. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, keep it locked in, and we'll speak to you after the matches tonight.